Oh, hey, don't be looking in this direction to calm your expectations after this. Good morning to you. Good Saturday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is a bonus edition of Daily Shot of Steelers coming to you from Tampa, Florida, where the Steelers beat the Buccaneers 27-17 to at Raymond James Stadium. And the score doesn't matter. The second half doesn't matter, at least not much. All that anyone needed to see was the first team offense take the field at the 17-yard line, go 83 yards on 10 plays over 5 minutes and 14 seconds, culminating in Kenny Pickett firing a strike over the middle on 3rd and eight. From intermediate range, firing the thing, not wobbling it. And Pickens then juking his way through the Tampa Bay secondary for some terrific yards after the catch. 33 total on the touchdown, 83 total on the drive, and they called it a night. And yeah, they had every reason to appreciate what they'd done. This was Kenny. Yeah, I think we accomplished what we wanted to do. Um, go out there, spread the ball around, get different guys' touches, um, and go down there and get a you know scoring drive. So, you know, kind of checked all the boxes, and I think that's what we needed. But the real appreciation that I could sense from talking to guys in the locker room, including uh, players who are on the offense but aren't necessarily the front and center types, because they'll – be able to shed a little bit of extra light for you on certain situations. And there were so many small things to applaud within that context. But I'll start with something that George told me when I brought up the touchdown. Uh, Yeah, just to show people uh, that I can do that because like I told you guys, uh, it's based off the plays that are set up, you feel me? Uh, and those are one of the plays I get to show my ability to run after catch. What George is saying for anyone who doesn't catch on to the football speak or won't be in the same rhythm from hearing these guys talk at Latrobe about this sort of thing, George and then later Deontay Johnson from a couple stalls away were both telling me that they were impressed with how Kenny held the pocket and stuck to his initial target. And yeah, he had some, uh, you can call them check downs, you can call them second reads, whatever. In fact, George's touchdown was a second read, as Kenny'd confirm. But he also was looking at guys, not giving up on the primary play, and then following through on it if he liked what he saw. There were several examples of this, most of those involving Deontay, who, by the way, had a terrific drive of his own three catches for 33 yards, two on the left side, one of them downfield, and another one all the way on the right side, coming back to the football. And on that last one, the one on the right side, Kenny had Jalen Warren right there. Might as well have been waving to him. Hey, I'm right here, wide open, nobody around him. If you're a check down Charlie type, you're just throwing it to Jalen and nobody says anything. Nobody criticizes you for it. It's a completion and it's left to the running back. But Deontay was beyond the sticks. And Kenny wanted to get it there. And he did. There was a pass over the middle 
completed to Pat Fryermuth. Nailed him between the eight and the eight. I mean, he might as well have just split the numbers. He fired it in there. None of the indecisive, none of the wobbly stuff from last year. And again, no check down. On this one, Najee Harris was off to his left. Najee was wide open. Okay, would he have gotten a first down? I don't know, because you know how that is. There's always some secondary figure that's nearby. But he had Fryermuth on his mind, and he completed to Fryermuth. These are big, big, big deals for a second-year quarterback. It's a sign of growing up. It's a sign of real progress for the offense as a whole. But that starts with the quarterback. And while he sounded satisfied, Kenny did after this game, about the way the drive had gone and he expressed as much, he was also, how do I put this? He was unusually short and eager to have his press conference end For the first time that I can recall, whether it was with the Steelers or Pitt or whatever, he just wanted to be out of there. Whether it was because he wanted to get to the bus and maybe he just needed to use the John or whatever, I don't know. But he really wanted out of there. So all of his answers were, this was nice, we got to keep working. This was nice, got to keep working. Got to keep working. Got to keep working. This is a start. And it's not more than that, but it can be qualified as a good start, a really good start. This was what everyone had wanted to see going into this thing. And oh, by the way, can I mention at least parenthetically that that little checklist that I was reading off to you guys yesterday that I wanted to see play out exactly as I described. Don't think that I wasn't up there in the press box checking those off myself. This is why you listen to this show, my friends. When we come back, J1Q. Today's J1Q comes from Cody, and I strongly suspect this is going to become a significant subject in the coming week. DK, how much leeway do the Steelers have to give Mitch Trubisky before they acknowledge that Mason Rudolph is a better quarterback, a better backup quarterback for this system? Trubisky has had his time to learn and hasn't shown marketable improvement. I'm Sure, Mitch is a great leader, but at some point on the field, play has to matter. For anyone who didn't track the statistics afterward, Mitch threw four passes. He completed one of them. There was an interception in the mix, whereas Mason was 7 of 12 for 132 yards And, of course, that big 69-yard touchdown to Calvin Austin. I don't want to say on one hand that something that I saw from the first team offense matters and that everything that you saw after that doesn't matter. But Mitch's pass that was picked off was a very good ball. And Cody White should have come up with it. 
It came down off the front of his shoulder pads, clanked off of that and his hands. And that happened later in the game to White as well. He finished with one catch for seven yards on three targets. I'm not pinning that on Mitch. I am going to point out that while Mason's ball to Austin was just a thing of beauty, it really was. That's always been in Mason's wheelhouse, that pass. That goes back to his time in college when he was hitting James Washington on those. That's not anything new to anybody on the inside. But I'm not going to ignore everything else he did on the field. And I'm kind of surprised, candidly here, Cody, that you are. You saw him. You saw him firing balls into the dirt. You saw him one hop the very first out route that somebody had. Those are the passes that have given him trouble. The easy stuff's always given him trouble. And that's just a fatal flaw, man. That's a fatal flaw. Mason is exactly who he's always been, but to your point, Mitch is also who he's always been. He's mistake prone. He'll try to force things that aren't there, and he will turn the ball over. My only point that I'm going to make here in response to your question is that neither of those cases The bad one for Mitch and the good one for Mason amount to much of anything. A, Mitch's ball was a good one. Cody White should have caught it. B, Mason can make that pass to Calvin in his sleep. What matters is if your franchise quarterback, your starting quarterback, who's starting to show all kinds of plus signs all over the field, can do stuff like that on a consistent basis because you do need these splash plays. You do need to be able to score from gasp outside the red zone. You do need to be able to score from 30 yards away. You need to hit some home runs. It can't all just be walks and bunt singles. I believe Kenny has that in him. I have seen Kenny put these types of throws together in Latrobe. I am confident that they've become part of the Steelers' overall offensive repertoire, which is why you saw both Mitch and Mason attempt them. It's just now run of the mill. You're going to take shots. Listen, the last thing I want to do on a bonus episode after a a pretty satisfying outcome for the Steelers, I would think, I'm not talking about the win, I'm talking about everything else, is to get down on this or that. I've written not one, but two columns on DK Pittsburgh Sports today. They're both open to everybody, free to the public and all that. You can go in and read the really heavy detail that I'm offering from here in Tampa about stuff that I saw and heard on and off the field from this game. And and I think you'll get a, a sense for why I'm sounding as I do about this offense. Because you know what's funny? For two plus years now, all I've been moaning about 
is offensive line this, offensive line that. Never mentioned them in this episode, did I? Not once. Not once. I appreciate everyone who listens to Daily Shot of Steelers. We will be back with another one on its regular day on Monday. Thanks so much for listening. Oh, 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 oh. And hey, people, this is going to be fun. Buckle up. 